Hey, I'm Stephen Perkins. I'm a drummer. You're listening to Bradley's House Podcast. Turn it up, then rewind it and turn it up again. Hello, everybody. Come on in and make yourself at home as you should when you are a guest in Bradley's house. I am your co-host, Jared Orr. She is the SpongeBob to my Patrick (laughs) and our host, Ms. Kelly Noel. Kelly, how are you doing tonight? I'm always better when you introduce me. Thank you. (laughs) How are you doing, Jared? If I was any better, I'd be jealous of myself, Kelly. Um, <laughs> we have a uh, a very special show lined up today, uh, especially for the fans of the Southern California and Long Beach area. Kelly, I am super excited about the legend joining us. Who's our guest in Bradley's house today? I am super excited this week. We have somebody who is an absolute legend in the Long Beach music scene. He's played with a bunch of different bands, including... Third Alley, Corn Doggy Dog, Peril Bravo, Falling Idols. We have a very well-respected and well-loved musician with us today, Mud Lather. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. We are really excited. I have to say, before we talked, I spoke with my dad and I told him that we were having you on the show. And he has nothing but great things to say about you. So much respect for you. And I think that's a really big deal to be able to be in the scene that long, especially the music scene. You have a family and a wife and a job, and yet you still rock out in the evenings and weekends and whenever you can. I think you're a phenomenal example. And that was one thing my dad was saying to you, just a great example of finding a work-life balance with your family and still maintaining your music and staying true to it. So congratulations to you for that. Well, thank you. That. That is something that I try to pride myself on is to not just, you know, put everything in one basket, but to like, you know, have a well-rounded life. Absolutely. It must be hard though, right? Because I would imagine the the pull of music, of wanting to do that, but yet still wanting to be able to pay your bills so that, you know, your family can have a roof over their head. That's a tough thing. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's, that's, of course, the focus, the main thing is to, you know, raise the kids well and, and have them well adjusted and ready to, you know, go out on their own and do their own thing. Absolutely. Now you have two daughters. Mm-hmm. What are their names? Uh, Megan, who's 29, and Aaron, who is uh, 26. And you have a lovely wife, Teresa, who I absolutely adore. Every time I see her, she's got the greatest smile. She's so friendly. She's just one of those people that you always want to be around. Has she always been like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's... uh what attracted me to her is to have someone who can, you know, roll with the punches. If I say, Hey, I bought us tickets to South Africa. And it's like, <laughs> she's like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to South Africa. Well, where are we going to stay? Well, I know this guy down there. So it should be cool. And, I mean, that's the type of person that would only be able to stand something like that. So. <laughs> that's a good woman right there. you got yeah. a good one. <laughs> Yeah. Where'd you guys meet? Um, when I was playing in a band called Busface, and uh, okay. she was um, friends with a with 
with uh, Phil Seville, who played uh, lead guitar and sang uh-huh. part of the vocals. So it was me and Phil and Greg O'Dell on um, bass and me on drums and um, and Trey. Nice. When yeah. was that? When did you guys meet? Uh, that was, gosh, uh, late 80s, like 89 or something like that. Because nice. I'd gone to Detroit and came back. And when I came back, I wasn't in the Falling Idols anymore. So we started another band. And that's where um, Buzzface came in. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So you grew up in Long Beach, right? Yeah. Yeah. I went to, uh, you know, Lowell, Rogers, uh, Wilson, then to City College, Cal State Long Beach, and Pacific Coast University School of Law. Nice. Yeah, and very you're paralegal? <laughs> yeah. That's very impressive. That was another thing my dad was <clears throat> was saying was so impressive, just, you know, having the, the education and the job, you know, for his um, his generation. That's such a huge thing. And I think he can relate to that in a lot of ways because he played music when he was younger and mm-hmm. but still, you know, did the education and the work route and all that. So yeah. and he went to Cal State Northridge, right? He actually he started out there. Boy, what a good memory you have. He started <laughs> out there before it was Cal State Northridge. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what it was called anyway, but yeah, so he went there and he also went to school in Fresno and then he came back and finished at Cal state long beach. Oh, cool. Yeah. Kind of made the rounds. So how did you get into music? When did you start playing? Oh, well, my dad was, um, he messed around on drums. He played in some like pickup bands and in bars and everything in Detroit. And so when my brother who's older than me, Joe, and I um, started getting to be probably 13. He was, Joe was about 13. I was about 10. Um, my dad bought a drum set because he thought that would be fun. And then he ended up hating it because <laughs> we were beating on the thing all the time. <laughs> and then I didn't really Loud. stick with it until I was about 15. I picked it back up because we were all getting into punk rock. And mm. we saw some bands that we were like, wow, we could do that. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So me and uh, and Trey Pangborn and Randy Bradbury um, were all like surfing together and everything. So we decided to start, you know, playing in bands. And you know, they're like, "Well, you have a drum set at your house, so you're going to be the drummer." So okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting way for your your life's work to be decided. But you also well, play bass. That's how things are decided when you're like fourteen, fifteen, right? It's true. It's true. And then when did you start playing bass? Um, well, I started playing guitar before I played bass and that's because I, after we recorded when I was like 15 or 16, our first, um, recording for the Falling Idols, I started finding out that you don't get publishing as a drummer unless Mm you write songs or something. So I'm like, okay, well, I better learn how to play enough to write a song, but I didn't play either way, so I started playing left-handed because I thought that would coordinate my left hand for my drums, like, oh. so that I'd be better on the snare, you know, yeah. to coordinate, you know, the drum, the the snare hand so that I wasn't just, you know, crack, 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 but right. the, like do ghost notes and um, double stroke rolls and stuff like that. Did it help? I'd like to think so, but <laughs> I probably could have done rudiments and been better off than that, but, you know. So tell me about the early years with the Falling Idols. What was that like? Oh, it was a lot of fun. You know, it was like, it's a coming of age type band. You know, we were, like I said, we started, we were like 15 before we could even drive. 
And we got this guy in our band, Ross Fletcher, who was 21, as a guitar player. So he could drive us around, and, and he got us like, <laughs> into the studio. And, you know, and um, so we were just like, you know, surfer, street kid, you know, with no, like, direction or anything. And we started to um, see that that we all had some ability. So it started getting better and better. And, and um, you know, it got us in to a lot of places that we never would have been into, you know, like being in, able to go into clubs that were 21 and over when you're 15 is kind of exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Without a fake ID. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one, how I got in. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I took my brother's passport as soon as he uh, turned 21. And so I was Joe Lowther for three years. Smart but, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it, it, I mean, it got us into a lot of interesting places and doing traveling and meeting people. But, it, you know, then it also has the downsides of um, getting you probably uh, into like alcohol and, and drugs before an age that you <laughs> could make better decisions. You should be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and did that happen for you? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. But, you know, um, I think. As it progressed, I, I started to step back and see that it was going to be a problem. And, and, you know, as you lose friends and stuff, you, you go, well, shit, this is like, this isn't the right move, you know? Yeah. Maybe not worth the risk. No. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah, but, I, but it was an exciting time. It was great because, you know, there was people were having parties and there was a lot of places um, to play that weren't, you know, like the club scene was good too, but it was kind of more fun for me when we'd be playing a hall like Emerald Hall or something that got rented out or something where like all the younger kids than us could come to it too. So like your brother and like Eric and all those guys were coming to shows that the Falling Isles were doing before they actually took up instruments and started playing themselves. So that's it, so awesome. it was that kind of cool scene that, that was going on. That was a lot of fun. And I think that's why your brother, um, you know, did a bunch of our songs. He he had that first Falling Idol tape, and he used yeah. to play um, when he was up at UC Santa Cruz a, a lot of those songs in his acoustic act. And then they, you know, did some of them when he um, started up with, with Eric and Bud and all that. So Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, well, I always thought, <clears throat> I always thought the Falling Idols were, like, a really well-known, like, all-over-the-world kind of band because that, you know they were just such a part of of my reality with brad and sublime and everything and so i was yeah. super shocked to find out that it was just you know it was just so much more of a local though. thing yeah i was like what what do you mean you haven't heard of falling idols everybody's heard of falling idols so that was really a shock for me um so you're much yeah. more famous in my mind just so you know well, I appreciate that. Thank you. that's great so what yeah. kind of music what kind of music were you listening to when you guys started the band obviously punk i would imagine you were in that scene. yeah there was um in this you might you might not know about this band the stingers but the stingers had this place down on seventh in nebraska um which is like close to like orange or something you know mm -hmm. like that part of seventh street and they had a house with connected to um one of the storefronts there and i think it's like a uh you know, Mexican fish market or something now, or a restaurant. But um, they had all these bands practicing there all the time, like the Descendants practiced there. And um, 
and the Speed Queens and like all these other like punk bands. And so the Stingers kind of sound like the B-52s a little bit. You know, they had like, yeah, that was more their vibe, but they had all these punk bands that were practicing there too. So we'd go down there and see them play. And that's where, um, you know, we started getting the idea like, hey, we could do this too. So the Stingers were kind of, you know, got bands like Secret Hate and Crude and us and other bands like that that were hanging out that were younger than them to into that whole scene. And so, um, you know, we started listening to, like like I said, The Descendants when it was um, like a three-piece with just Frank and Tony, um, who aren't even in the band anymore, playing. And so we saw stuff like that, and my friend had moved up to San Francisco, Scott Wardwell, and um, I'd take the Greyhound overnight up there, and then we'd go surf like Ocean Beach and all the way down to Santa Cruz. And uh, he, he, we were talking, and I told him like I was getting into punk, and he goes, oh, I'll take you to a good punk show tonight. So we went to Mubuhe Gardens. We saw like uh, Dead Kennedys and the Tools and the Victims oh, all gosh. playing there. So that's the kind of stuff that we were getting into that we were like, wow, this is really cool stuff. Before like even the Dead Kennedys album was out when they just had some singles. And so, you know, that's what we were trying to do and, you know, trying to get into that that you know, that style of music, that late seventies kind of punk rock. Mm -hmm. And then now, obviously you've done a lot since starting falling idols, um, probably more than I can recount here, but obviously some of the ones that I know because it's people that I'm friends with, but I know you playing corn doggy dog with Todd Zalkins, of course, and Mm -hmm. Peril Bravo with Miguel and, um, and third alley that's yeah so like so many great things i think it's really impressive that you've been able to be a part of of so many just still very relevant bands you know i think that's really yeah. cool yeah it's a lot of fun you missed uh, del noah though that was with Eric. i did right <laughs> del noah and the mount era rat finks that's right see love that name yeah. always love that name that was a lot of fun uh, I'll bet. Yeah. Uh, and then um, tell us about how Long Beach Records came about. Yeah, so um, <laughs> Michael hates this story, but <laughs> but uh, when Michael was putting together um, Stand By Your by your Van, like uh-huh. I think that's the first posthumous release after Brad Pass. Is that right? I believe yes. so, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Jarrett would know, yeah. I'm yeah. all, I think so. Jared's like, definitely. <laughs> so Michael had gotten like, uh, MCA had given him like X amount to do it. And he came in under budget. And so he told um, uh, Bud and Eric like, hey, you know, why don't we just pay Mud out as a consultant on this? Michael asked those guys because um, the publishing, I wasn't going to get any publishing because remember I t- told you at the beginning of this, that I learned how to Drummers. play guitar so that yeah. I could make songs so that I yeah. wouldn't get burned on publishing. Well, I got burned on publishing. Of so, course. <laughs> a song that came out on Robin the Hood, I wasn't getting any publishing off that. So oh. they paid me the the like 3500 that they had left over in the budget for the uh, Stand By Your Van as a consultant. Nice. And so I go, well, I'm not just going to go retile my bathroom with this. Like, should I just put the money back into Skunk or something? And Michael said, yeah, that sounds good, but I know we'll drive each other nuts if we're <laughs> working together all the time. So just start your own label, and then we'll work together, like, distribution-wise and everything else. But then I don't won't have 
some band that you're going to sign calling me up and bugging me because they want to hump my leg because I was in this blunt. So that's how, and then I go, okay, well, what should I call it? And I thought, and I thought, and I go, well, Long Beach Records, that, this seems easy, you know. So obvious. Yeah. And so. iconic. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's straight to the point. No one wonders where you're from. Right. And, like and that, that. But it's been funny because now I've sort of, franchised it i've turned it into the mcdonald's of uh record companies and so yeah you're in four have, countries now right yeah we have long beach records europe which is gear not and you know it's this he's got all his um like he doesn't tell me what he's doing you know i don't need to know he this he signs he has his own autonomy you know over there nice. so he's got a bunch of bands like uh telco on the, the label which wow. like it's like radio play and everything all over Germany and Italy and everything. So that's really cool. Really well. Yeah, he's been doing really well. And then recently we just started Long Beach Records Latin America with Mauricio Mora down in um, San Jose, Costa Rica. He's and from Thicker Than Thieves, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look at you. You know a lot of stuff. I do. It comes out every once in a while, but you know, if someone asks me stuff, I'm all, I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> uh, but, you know. And I'm like, oh, maybe I do know stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Mauricio and his brother and a bunch of other people down in um, Costa Rica have started that. So I've gone down there a few times, and he's working on getting a beer out, Long Beach Records um, Cerveza. So, awesome. Yeah, and Quackenbush, of all things, um, does a wholesale distributor for alcohol and whatnot. So I talked to him the other day about possibly if it works out having uh, David's company be the importer and the distributor of the beer up here. Ooh, nice to keep it all in the family, huh? Well, I don't know how to do it otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't have, like, a friend who has a connection. I, don't, I, just, <laughs> just, I just don't do it. You know? I think that's why you're so well-loved, because you just, you're a connector. You know, you just kind of, oh, this person can do this, and this person can do this. Hey, let's do this together. And yeah. that's a gift. That's really cool. Yeah, it's fun. Very cool. And then also Australia, right? Yeah, although Simon's uh, hasn't put anything out <laughs> six years or seven years. So. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. So um, he keeps claiming we're going to, and, and as soon as the pandemic's over, I'm going to go back down there and try and get that rolling again. Well, that doesn't suck to have to go to all these wonderful places for you know business, business for a work in yeah. work. <laughs> I totally did air quotes, by the way, while we were saying that. <laughs> it was like you could hear them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. So it's it's fun. So what did you think of the um, when Sublime covered Falling Idols? Oh, it was great. You know, I mean, wow, to have a band that you're friends with who's gotten to that level and, you know, succeeding like that and then, you know, playing one of your songs – you know, that's just awesome. More importantly, how exactly did it go down? Did Brad say, hey, look, we played your song, or did he ask for permission? Because I imagine him just ripping it off and being like, dude, <laughs> check this out. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. how it Because uh, in, <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember talking to, to Brad about it, but Eric came over, and he had it on, um, I think it was on still on a cassette tape. And he came over to my house when I was living over by the traffic circle. And uh, he's like, check this out. And he plugged it in. I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. You guys play it like twice as fast as we do. Yeah, do. Yeah. 
He's like, yeah, well, Bud gets a little revved up. <laughs> I think they sort of added their their little their twist, right? Their spin oh, to it. Yeah, because yeah. when um, I first started playing it in Para Bravo with Michael, and I'm like, you leave out like part of the song, and he's like, what are you talking about? Because he cuts he the end of the the phrase before you're like you know the turnaround. He cuts mm-hmm. it in half, and so like it took me like a few times to get used to doing that. And so then we've had like Trey come up and it's like, oh yeah, you know, play the song and we play your song. And I'm like, Trey, Trey, Trey. They did thing in half at the, you know, Trey just like, to warn him. Oh, where did that song just go? <laughs> yeah. And um, oh. I actually played that song live. Um, what was that? Golden Sales with, uh, oh yeah. With your brother and them because Bud was, it was the show that the mentors opened up uh, for over there. And okay. Megan was just a baby, and so I go to the show, and um, and Bud's like, you know, off doing something, who knows where, and and so the um, the guy from the Mentors is trying to jam with Sublime, and it was so bad. <laughs> and, and Eric's looking at me, and I go, "You, you want me to just like uh, grab the sticks from him?" And he goes, "Please." And so <laughs> I sticks from El Duce, and then I'm like, "Well, we can do the Falling Idol song. I know that one." <laughs> Except for the part that they fuck up. <laughs> it's not as bad if you're on drums as it is if you're like trying to play guitar. With oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. And then you guys reprised it for the house that Bradley built in a super cool acoustic version. Oh, you like that? Cool. Thank oh, you. Love yeah. it. Absolutely. That was, that was really fun because Trey called me and he's like, hey, um, the guys from Pepper want me to come do an acoustic version of the Falling Idol song will you go with me? And I'm like, yeah, you know, you want me to bring my acoustic bass and I'll play bass? He said, yeah. So I did that. And then there was a drum set set up and I go, Hey, can I just sit behind the drums and put the drums on it too? And he's like, absolutely. So <laughs> he just did it all in like an hour and we're out of there. You're practically a one man band. <laughs> <laughs> well, well it's funny because I had, I had mentioned to you, Kelly, you know, a lot of, somebody had mentioned in one of the groups, they're like, ah, oh, you know, I, I'm just not really into cover songs. So I'm, I'm probably not going to buy that album. And I'm like, well, you could hear the falling idols do their song or the descendants yeah. do their song or the, you know, and you go down the list and there's like, you realize how many of those songs that Brad was actually doing other people's songs and then to have it all come full circle and have them come back on. But it, it is almost weird because, uh, you know, obviously no disrespect, but the Falling Idols are, you know, legends in, in Long Beach. And I was lucky enough to see you guys. Uh, but, you know, around the world, people think that that song is Brad's. So they're like, man, who's this band covering this Sublime song now? And it's really <laughs> your song. That happens to me all the time. Like, I didn't know Wild in the Streets, the Circle Jerk song, isn't yeah. their song. It's I didn't know that either. Yeah. <laughs> it's this Who's guy. I think it's, what's his name? Garland Jennings or something? This New Yorker guy, oh. you know, from like the 70s. And you put on the video and you're like, holy crap. That's <laughs> awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. And I, that happens a lot. I hear songs that I go, oh, I thought that was a Clash song. But mm. you hear like the original and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I think it definitely lended some, um, a real sentimental vibe to the album having the descendants do their song having you do falling idols i mean it just 
for me, that was really cool, not just having the people who have been influenced by Sublime, but the people who influenced Sublime. Oh, and yeah, that but, was cool. It would have been great if you could have got uh, Secret Hate to do it, too. That oh, would, man. Yeah. yeah. Johnny Butt, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. But it, it was it was it was really cool to have you do that. So thank you. Ah, of course. Anytime. That was a lot of fun. So, Mud, obviously, we talked about a, a bunch of, you know, iconic bands in, in the scene and in the area that you played for. Um, was is there one that's your that's your favorite project? And I don't mean to put you on the spot because I know you there's probably a place in your heart for every single one of the projects you've been a part of. But <laughs> what what project? <laughs> What what project and what band would you want to be most remembered for? Wow, I don't know. I mean, there's you know, that's I gotta say the the, the one that I was really excited to do was Glue Factory um, mm. because Mike Davis of Secret Hate. I was always a big fan, you know, and um, he called me up one day and said, "Hey, uh, Kevin's moving up to Oregon. Kevin, the bass player, and me and uh, Blake want to still keep playing." you want to do something? And I said, sure. And so we started the band glue factory because we were all a bunch of old punkers. And <laughs> I, you know, I still listen to that stuff all the time because this Mike can take the worst song and turn it into something cool. He's awesome. just he's really good, you know? So that was like one of my favorites. I like the pivot foots a lot because that I was coming back from Detroit and I, you know, had been kind of a, a fuck up before I left. And I came back from Detroit with a, new, you know, mindset where I was going to like, you know, finish college and get my shit together and, you know, move on. And they, I met these guys that these two brothers, Blair and Brent that were called the pivot foots and they played me in their tape and it was sounded like nothing like I'd ever listened to. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I'm in. And so I bought into that and it was great. They were really both, you know, college graduates. The one guy, has invented all these catheters that they used on like mother Teresa when, you know, to, wow. when she had a heart attack and stuff. I mean, they're just both really smart guys. And so it was it meant a lot to me to get into a band where I was, you know, feeling more at home, not just being like the druggy, like music guy, but to like be doing, you know, something a little bit new and interesting, I, you know, and then now I'm playing with the band spider, you know, them Kelly. I don't. Well, it sounds oh. familiar, but I'm not sure why. Yeah, it's uh, Carl Azumi. Do you know him? He's been around for a long time, guitar player. And then Hector, who um, he works up at Epitaph in their legal department. And so I've been playing with them on bass, and that's been a lot of fun, you know, for recent stuff. And yeah. Nice. And, you know, Pero Bravo's been great, you know, like just me and Michael hanging out and driving each other crazy and <laughs> acting like, you know, uh, siblings that you know right. sometimes go on great, and then other times when I kill each other. So that's always <laughs> that's always fun. <laughs> now, Mud, you've you've been around the Long Beach music scene for for quite a while, and you've played in a, in a bunch of different bands. And mm -hmm. I know that you know Michael was originally a, a part of putting together uh, the Long Beach Dub All Stars. Yeah, give me your lineup of all the people from Long Beach that you've played with, you've come and seen and gone, past and present, if you were going to put together an all-star lineup of Long Beach musicians, what would your band look like? Hmm. Well, I mean, God, there's so many great players. Like, you know, I guess 
I got to be true to Randy. He was Bradbury he, since uh, we started together in the falling aisle. So I'll put him on bass. Um, I guess Josh Freeze on drums. I mean, how can, <laughs> how can you not put him on drums? Um, Wait, but you have to be in the band too. Oh, no, really? Can I have this manager? <laughs> All right. <laughs> sorry, you, you, go you ahead. Be, you can be the manager if you want. You, you put together the best lineup that you think, Mud. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> uh, let's see. Guitar. I mean, God, there's just so many people to choose from. Eh. Hmm. I guess I'll just put Trey because it's easy. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I'll put your brother as the singer. There we go. Good yeah. That's actually a really good lineup. Guitar, you know, I'll, I'll let him back Trey up on guitar. There you go. Now I'm mad that I asked that question because I want to hear that fucking band. I shouldn't have done <laughs> Now it's like... <sighs> Damn it. That's yeah, a super so Make me some money finally. I'm ready. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, I, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of, of Pero Bravo. I, uh, I saw you pull double duty at Alex's in, <laughs> in both Pero Bravo and the falling idols at Brad's. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was an, uh, that was an amazing night. Um, are we, are we going to get more Pero Bravo mud? Yeah. I was just over at Michael's, uh, before, uh, while you were uh, playing Frisbee golf, I was uh, over <laughs> at Michael's and, um, and we were talking about it, but actually, I'm not going to be able to make the show because July no. 31st, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods. I'm going to be at a wedding in eastern Pennsylvania, but the day before, oh. I'm Niagara Falls. So if, if you want to uh, buy me a beer, I'll, I'm all for that. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's cold. Yeah. Jared's like, done, done. I'll see you there. So you're going to miss the sea salt show on the 31st. Yeah. So the sea, cause he was saying, you know, um, that Peril Bravo should do it. His brother's going to be in town. I'm like, Oh man. Mm. You know, so, um, so yeah, uh, I think yeah. Nick's going to play that one. My, oh, fun. Uh, my fake son-in-law. <laughs> That'll be fun. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. Love he can, him. back. he can back Josh up in the super group. If uh, Josh has a sting. Right. Yeah. There you go. I don't, I don't want to talk about the super group anymore. I'm sad now. <laughs> so I'm just, just thinking about how amazing that would be. You would think, but every super group ends up being terrible. Like <laughs> <laughs> Somehow it never works. Well, I think the problem is it's got super in the name. So, you yeah. know, you have all these different personalities and creative people and right. it's got to be tough. Yeah. The traveling Wilburys are pretty badass. Yeah, I do. I'll, I'll give you that. I like that. That's one. true. And some people would uh, claim that Led Zeppelin was a super group, but you know, yeah, until, they well. got, until they got that singer, then it just ruined it. <laughs> that singer. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know enough about Led Zeppelin history to understand why they would be considered a super group. Were they all? Oh, Jimmy Page, like um, during his like heyday was like on 75% of albums coming out of Britain or something like that. Holy shit. A, Are you yeah, serious? He was a um, big time studio guitar player. Wow. Uh, yeah. And then I think the, the same is um, John Paul Jones, the bass player was yeah. like well-known, you know, kind of studio guy too. Oh. Yeah. So, and then at first they were supposed to have Keith Moon and he's the one I believe that, that coined the name by saying, we're gonna come. We're gonna go up like a Led Zeppelin. Uh-huh. 
I remember hearing that's how they got the name. I didn't realize it was him who said that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Keith Moon and John Bottom are first cousins. Is that right? Are they? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Weird. Keith Moon and John. Since we're on this topic, is um, is uh, whatchamacallit your second cousin? Is that the guy from um, Sugar Ray or what are they called? The uh, They were the Shrinky Dinks. The guy from Entertainment Tonight. What's. Um, Mike. Mark McGrath? Yeah. Is Mark McGrath your, like, second cousin? Are you asking me or Jarrett? Kelly. Oh, no. He's absolutely not related. Look online. There's something that says that. (gasps) Are you serious? I heard that, and I looked it up, and it says that that's your second cousin. That's awesome. Well, well, if it's on the internet, then that's your second cousin, so. It must be uh, true. Mark, Mark, if you're listening, we're looking, uh, we're looking for some help on Bradley's house, bud. So <laughs> right? uh, I know I'm... every every morning we'll wake up just like you want us to. So however however you want us, we'll sugar Ray the shit out of Bradley's house. You just get up, you just <laughs> get Mark in touch Brown with us. Is your uh, second cousin? You should probably uh, call him up and say, hey, you know, we should talk about our great grandparents that we have. Right. Uh, I need a donation. That's right. Yeah, Maybe I am. Mom, your mom, the ER nurse, is telling everyone about her nephew, Mark McGrath. Right, that could be it. But do you know about the woman who tells everyone she's Brad's mom? Yeah, but you'll have to you'll have to Google that. <laughs> yeah, they're probably related. Maybe that's why she thinks that. Um, yeah. No, yeah, we are absolutely not related to him. I am. I'm trying to Google it while we talk, but I can't find it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go down that road because uh, yeah. that's interesting. But I do know also that like it used to say, I don't know if it still does, but I know years ago on Brad's Wikipedia page, it says something about his sister dating Jack Johnson. And that was also not true. <laughs> so, I mean, I, you know, the eighties were a crazy time for me, but I feel like I would have remembered dating Jack Johnson. Yeah. Like a, a supermodel surfer guy that like, uh, yeah. has, you know, gold records. Yeah. you think Right. I feel like that would stick out in my mind. <laughs> There's a lot. You I could do better anything. than Jack Johnson. <laughs> well, I'm just saying I would have remembered. I feel like I would have remembered if I dated yeah. him. That's such a great name though. It sounds terrible. Right. You know, thinking about his name. Like, really? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, Mud. You've totally ruined it. I'm going to giggle every time I hear his name now. I think Sorry. I do. I can, you know. Yeah. Who do- you, you've never, you've never come up with this. You've never put this together before. I thought it was a rib. The yeah. first time I heard about this guy, Jack Johnson, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> How did I not get that? That's yeah. awesome. Once I found that funny, then I decided to change my name to Dick Peter Johnson, the triple threat. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That is, that is perfect. <laughs> oh my god oh that's fabulous that is absolutely amazing so um mud you said you're you're working in a project right now are you guys recording is there where could where can people find some music that that you're working on right now well with spider um we're supposed to have a single coming out um we're, although i gotta take it back into the studio again because um we had it where we thought it was done, but it was still kind of muddy, and 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 so we got to put another um, another go at it to try and get it up to speed. But it's going to come out on Death in the Woods, I believe, is the name of the record label, and um, and then we're playing a bunch of shows around here. But we're playing Riot Fest um, 
on the Saturday in Chicago in what is it, September 17th or something like that. And then we got some shows in like San Diego and, and a few around here. We're going to play with Eric's new band, um, Spray Allen. Eric Wilson has this band, Spray Allen. Yeah. Yeah, and Ham Apple went down and played, um, what's the name of that? Poway uh-huh. uh, with, with them about three weeks ago. And that was really fun. Uh, they sound really good. I think you guys are all going to like Spray Allen. Awesome. And we have a show with Law and Spray Allen and Spider and Ham Apple, which is another band I play in. Um, yeah, I forgot to list Ham Apple. Yeah, so. that is um, going to be... Jeff Smith's going to be so pissed. <laughs> because he quit or because he has to listen to this whole thing until it's finally been uh, <laughs> acknowledged. <laughs> This long until Ham Apple got brought up. You know, you guys lead with the falling idols. What about? Yeah, right. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah, sorry, Jeff. Um, well, Kelly, Kelly led with Corn Doggy Dog in your other projects. So, in all fairness, well, I feel like I had to, or Z Man was going to give me shit for it. You're right. I wasn't that band. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I I saw you guys with Perio Bravo in Portland, uh, playing with Fortunate Youth and uh, Slightly Stupid, and oh, yeah. probably about probably about a quarter of the way through the set, somebody screamed out, "Play some Corn Doggy Dog!" And Michael looked out and went, "You don't mean that." And he <laughs> went right back to, <laughs> it went right back to whatever his set list was. But doesn't that just mean play some Falling Idol covers? Right, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the, the first thing I thought is I was like, "Fuck, here comes a Spin Doctor song." Yeah, but uh, no, no, <laughs> or a bad John Cougar one. Right, <laughs> that might yeah. be redundant. Yeah. Uh, by <laughs> the way, not, not to, yeah, not to beat this with a uh, beat this with a dead horse. What is that phrase? That's not to beat a dead horse. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know the where that The horse is from. already fucking dead, and now you want to use it as a weapon, Kelly? I know. I'm so sorry. And I didn't even use it correctly. But I did find on the internet where uh, somebody had posted on angelfire.com, Mark McGrath, singer of Sugar Ray, is Brad's first cousin. And I'm here to first tell you cousin, that is absolutely false. We are not oh, cousins I, The one anyway. I saw was second cousin, so it was a little bit more distant. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's absolutely no relation that I'm aware of. With Mark McGrath, he certainly never came to the family party, so couldn't be. But yeah, that's pretty. Well, funny. Then I guess so you'd be a kissing cousin, then, huh? Yeah, it would be awkward. Super. Awkward. <laughs> well, well, of course he's not going to show up at the cousin. He's or not going to show up at the family reunion. He's the second most famous musician in the family, so yeah. he's not going to he's not going to come walking up onto your onto your side <laughs> of the family. Doesn't want to be shown up. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> When they, he had the band, the Shrinky Dinks, we had a band called Ken the All Night Rocker where we all played wrong instruments, and and Ken the All Night Rocker was a singer. But um, Sugar Ray, or before they were Sugar Ray, they were Shrinky Dinks. They gave, gave us a couple of really big shows, and we played some great shows with them. They were really fun and nice guys. Nice. But yeah, that's before his Entertainment Tonight year, nice. so I don't know what happened there. But he was fun yeah. before. So, uh, so I'm much sure you he's admit still a lovely human being, and yeah, don't, you don't have to make a shameless plug that if somehow Mark McGrath were listening, that he would you know want to donate to Bradley's house. Yeah, that's all. 
No, as your second cousin, you should. Right ahead, sorry. (laughs) As your left. It's not too much to ask. Come on, we're family. Hey, Mark, we just got off the phone with Aunt Carolyn. She said to send the check. (laughs) You can look it up on uh, cousin cousin Tommy's doing a lot better, and uh, and we we send our love from Uncle Uncle Harold. So okay, um, wait, we do have that family foundation freaking me out. Was that like in your subconscious or something? Because my grandpa's sister is Aunt Carolyn and she was married to Harold. So that's super weird. But no relation to Mark McGrath. Kelly, I'm on top. I'm on top of my shit here. I do my research. I know all about Aunt Carolyn and Uncle Harold. Yeah, you're kind of Um, creeping me out now. I was in show prep earlier. Yeah, their their dog Rusty and their, their... Okay. So, um... (laughs) But <laughs> you obviously, uh, you know, Sublime watched you, Brad and the boys watched you coming up with the Falling Idols. You watched them kind of grab the, uh, that fame there in Long Beach. Uh, and then, you you know, you, you played some similar shows and you filled in with Sublime. What's it like now to have it all full circle and to be playing shows with Law and seeing Jacob? coming up and and paving his path and uh and, and what's that got what's that like for you to sit back and see oh it's great uh, very proud of him too that he's you know kind of taking his own path that he's not yeah. just, you know doing uh sublime style music that he's right you know he's going after what he likes and i like that i think that's really yes. cool and uh i couldn't applaud that more i agree he's such a great guy I have to, I used to say he's such a great kid and I have to remind myself he's not a kid anymore. I say he's such a great guy, but I'm very proud of him. Yeah, I am too. I think he's doing great. His dad would be super proud. Awesome band they got there. Yeah. Yeah. They're really good. And, um, and you know, we love Nick. He's, he's awesome. It's great having him around the house a lot, you know. He's so talented too. They're all very talented musicians in their own right. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I, just, I remember the very first time I saw Nick play, he was still in high school, and I think he was maybe 16. Yeah, and just got a car license. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, damn, this guy, like, he can really play. Yeah. Really good, yeah. and such a nice guy. I know, Michael um, had saw him play, I believe, with Watt, and uh, mm-hmm. he was so impressed, because Mike Watt and uh, Rudy, which is Nick's dad, are friends. Yeah. And so um, then when Jacob was moving up here, uh, Michael kind of put them together. You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you got to meet this kid on drums and you got to meet this kid who's singing, you know, playing guitar. And so, yeah, it's been great. This was a lot of fun to watch them growing up. And, and you know, that's what I liked about punk rock, too, is that you see a band and you see what they're doing. And then the next time you see them, they're adding some new songs in and then they're going a little bit new direction and everything. And so... It's been the same watching them since they've been little kids develop into what they're doing. It's, you know, the same kind of thing I always enjoyed instead of like going to a big concert and seeing a band like every five years or something and buying their album. I prefer to like see them in the club and the local air, you know, scene mm-hmm. and, and watch what they're doing and see them progress and everything. Yeah. 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 It's very cool. Mm-hmm. 
Mud, it's uh, it's been absolutely awesome. And unfortunately, I always have to cut myself off because I could sit and talk about music forever. And especially with a, a Long Beach legend like yourself, um, you know, we talked about some of these amazing bands that you've played in and uh, some new projects that you have coming up. I'm going to be keeping an eye out for them. Uh, when you do head this way to Niagara Falls, Niagara Falls is like 15 minutes away from me. So uh, oh, cool. I would love to I would love to meet up and, and buy you a beer and uh, and and see see what's going on and give you some tips about your, your time in here. Now you said you're going to a, a wedding in Pennsylvania. Where at, where at in Pennsylvania is that? It's uh, in Eastern Pennsylvania. I forgot the name of the, the town. Um, but the, the thing is, uh, while I'm at Niagara Falls, maybe you should come over to the Canadian side because my buddy, Andrew Wright, I'm going to meet him uh, there. And he plays in a band up in Toronto. The name escapes me at the moment, but, but um, he's originally from South Africa. And he played in a band called Leak and the Bouncing Uptones, which you should check out on Spotify. I, I had them on Long Beach Records. And uh, he's a great musician, really good dude. And you'd probably have a good time meeting him. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Hopefully they're uh, hopefully they're letting us in Canada by then. Yeah, um, yeah well, crossing, crossing the... Crossing the border's not that too, not too, not too easy right now. But maybe we could just like stand on opposite sides of the falls and just shoot messages back and forth to each other because <laughs> yeah. you can literally see. I don't yeah. know if you've ever been to Niagara Falls before. Um, like real, yeah. Young. So, yeah, the American side is the drizzling shits, yeah. and the Canadian side <laughs> is like Disneyland. It's outrageous. Uh, on the American side, we've, we've got nothing but like bad neighborhoods and high crime rates. And literally you cross the border and it's what's called Clifton Hill. And it's just like roller coasters and wax museums and kettle corn and uh, motion theaters and all sorts of it's So yeah, all the good stuff is happening on the Canadian side for sure. All right. Well, I'll try and get Andrew to come down to the American side then because the American side sounds more fun if it's all ghetto and shitty. <laughs> They're doing their best, you know, they're like, they're painting the curbs and like putting yeah, murals yeah. up on the side of the crack houses. So, it's comfortable. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to go to Disneyland. I'd have a season pass if I like that place. <laughs> So, so Long Beach Records is, you guys are what now? Is this 25 years that you've been, you've been going? Well, like any child, I don't remember our birth that well, so I... <laughs> Never get quite right what year. I think we started it in 98, but it could have been 99. So it's oh, no, I'm going to have to do math. And so um, when we put out our... two or 23. Yeah, when we put out our 20th one, I, I think we put it as a 22nd one or... I don't know. Jeff doesn't even know. No one knows. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. You know, it was... What was the what was the 20 years of, of barely staying afloat? Yeah, but we weren't sure if it really was 20 years at that point. And now, now you get on here and you're like, yeah, we've got divisions in Europe and Australia. And, yeah. you know, we're going to, yeah, that's, it sounds like you guys are staying afloat to me. Well, we're trying, but it's, it's a, it's a tax dodge, if anything. Damn it. I knew, I knew Jeff charged me too much for that secret hate shirt. Son of a bitch. I bid yeah. on the first offer. Thought I was, I'm like, man, these guys are barely staying afloat. I'll just pay whatever he asks. Now I find out the real truth. Unbelievable. <laughs> Not on the 20th? Yeah, we don't know. Who knows? You know, it's kind of like if you, if you got uh, married like years after your kid, but you're lying about it because it was after wedlock. Right. And then you're like, how long have we been married? I don't know. That's a good I, question. I mean, 22 or 23, I can't remember. 
Yeah, yeah, that's I, I don't I don't know about what I will tell you that when um when my first son when my ex was pregnant with my first son, my dad's like, uh, so are you gonna start like, you know, telling people that you're gonna have a kid? And I'm like, Yeah, I don't know, it's a little weird. I don't my dad's like, Well, Slim, you do whatever you want, but people know how to do math, right? And <laughs> and eventually you're gonna have this kid and they're gonna be like, I just saw you four months ago and you didn't mention anything about it. So you might wanna So that's how I, I use my kids as like my gauge for everything. I'm like, uh how long ago was that? Oh yeah, the ten year old was just born. That was ten years ago. It's perfect. So Oh yeah, I do that totally with like at trivia. It's like Oh, when did Kurt Cobain die? Let's see. Megan was born in 92. So, (laughs) Okay, so the headline coming out of this is Mudlather claims Long Beach Records is bastard child. Yes, exactly. (laughs) There you go. Uh, I don't think so. Headline is Sugar Ray Frontman and Sublime Frontman First Cousins. Uh, Uncle Harold and Auntie Caroline said check is in the mail from Cousin Mark. (laughs) That's that. That's the headline, and and mud and mud was the one that's put it out there. So you know what, mud, I like your style, what you did there, because I tell people all the time. People will send me messages and they'll be like, "Oh, well, what's the deal with that thing that you shared?" And I'm like, "Listen, buddy, I don't fucking start. I just had them, okay? So this didn't this didn't come from me. So mud broke the news right here, Kelly. You've been holding out all this time that you're related to yeah. Sugar Ray, and uh, lies on the internet." What do you want from me? <laughs> if it's on the internet, it's got to be true. I, I never asked your dad, so I figured, well, I'll ask Kelly. Yeah, yeah he wouldn't. Right he probably wasn't even know, wouldn't even know who Mark McGrath was. But I don't know. He's pretty hip. He is pretty I on, hip. I, I heard him on the uh, the new Bradley House album. He's he's pretty good. Didn't they sound so good? Him and yeah. Jacob. I love that. I love that. He was so cute. When I asked him to do that, he's like, I don't think anybody wants to hear me sing. I'm like, oh, dad, you're so wrong. People would love to hear you. Mud wants to hear it. There you go. There you go. That was enough. Well, thank you so much, Mud. You've been more than gracious. I know we were a little late getting started on this and you've got other stuff going. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for just being a genuinely cool human being that has been around this scene so long, but hasn't gotten soured by it or or cynical from it and you're just you're wonderful and your wife is a delight and i think you guys are just real long beach legends and i feel really fortunate to have had you on the show so thank you so much oh you're welcome but uh i feel like i was the kid that sits in the back of the class and you just put me in the front of the class and made me <laughs> answer a question I'm sorry very, very uncomfortable well you killed it you did a great job <laughs> Now get back to the back of the classroom, would you? Thank God. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Start you shooting some spit wads. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great night. Thank you so right, much you again. Right. Thank you so Bye-bye. much, Mud. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Wow, Kelly, I really had a lot of fun with Mud. I knew this was going to be one that I was looking forward to. A fan of every project he's been a part of and really a Long Beach legend. And you could hear him smiling the entire time he was talking. I mean, he's a guy who's really just infectious once he starts talking and you're around him. I just had a lot of fun. I could have went forever. I could have went all night with that one. I agree. You know, it's easy to see why he's so well respected. He's very talented, yet super down to earth and just a really great guy. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people with a lot of talent, but if they can't get along with other people, 
it's not going to work out. So it's easy to see why he's been in so many bands because he's just, he's a great guy. And, and as I said, super talented. So I, I feel really fortunate we were able to have him on the show. And then he broke the news about your family relation with Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray, which is awesome. I mean, it's great to know you've got this this whole family that you didn't even know about. Thanks to good thing Mud reads the internet. Kelly, I'm telling you what, this internet thing, I don't think it's a fad. I think it's here to stay because Mud's digging into it and he's doing some research on he was ready for this one. For the record, we are not related to Mark McGrath. And Penny the nurse, although very sweet and seems to have done a lot of good for a lot of people, is not Brad's mother. So there, we've debunked two things in one episode. I don't know how I feel about this, because this Mark McGrath thing is just starting to set in, and I don't know if I'm ready for you to kill the stream yet. <laughs> you know what? Mark McGrath can totally be my cousin if he wants to help out Bradley's house. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, you know, I'm sure he's a lovely human being. I've never met him. But um, I'm just saying. I don't know. Straight, I bet he's kind of a facts. dick. Straight facts, straight genealogy, there is no relation that I'm aware of. All right, fine. So if we don't get Mark McGrath to help out with Bradley's house, which we still may because you guys are related. I'm not ready to let this dream <laughs> die yet. Uh, but for the listeners who are checking this podcast out right now, obviously they know we're doing this show for a reason, and it's to help support the Noel Family Foundation in the building of Bradley's house. Uh, Kelly, what are some ways that folks can, can get involved? You know, there's a lot that people can do. Of course, donations are the biggest thing that we need because as a nonprofit, we cannot offer services free of charge unless we have ways to pay for them. So obviously donations are a big way to do that. And there is a link in the show description that has, um, it's a link tree that's got all the different ways that people can donate. So I don't have to go through them all, but I do encourage people to check out our website, thenoelfamilyfoundation.org, um, just to see what we're all about. And, and if you have a business and would like to sponsor the podcast, we would love to hear from you at Bradley's house podcast at gmail.com and just help spreading the word. I think the more people know about the foundation, the more people know about our mission, the more opportunities we have to connect with people who do have the means to, to help out. And so every little bit helps genuinely. And I know that seems a bit cliche, but it, it really does mean a lot. Whether we're getting $2 or $200,000, we are super grateful for it because this is absolutely a team effort and we are all in this together. Absolutely, guys. And like I say all the time, we can all have our own little piece in the next chapter of the Sublime Story by helping getting this house up and built and helping support the Noel Family Foundation uh, and, and helping save some others. So uh, go ahead and check out the link tree in the description. Visit the org. pick up a t-shirt, a hat. All the proceeds go directly towards getting this house up and built. Now, Kelly, we're going to continue the tradition here every single week. Week, we end with a song and this week is going to be from sugar ray Every <laughs> no, I'm just what are we going to end what are we going to end out with this week sorry we're we're going to close out with one of my favorites from the house that bradley built because it is truly one of the roots of sublime and it is a uh, the Falling Idols doing their song Falling Idols, which was covered by Sublime as Falling Idols. It's just a wonderful, uh, loop that you'll never get out of, but it is, it is fabulous. They did a great acoustic cover of their own song that Sublime had covered called Falling Idols. And I know you're going to love it. 
available on law-records.com, on YouTube at the Bradley's House page, and also on Law Records. Until next time, I'm Jared Orr. She's Kelly Noel. You don't have to go home, but it's time to leave Bradley's house. Thanks for listening.